بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف الحمد لله we are able to have once again our session on tafsir and I'm sorry that we are a little bit late today because it's just time of the Fajr and I just said the prayer of my Fajr and I also prayed afterwards for you so inshallah with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we continue right now our discussion about Surah Luqman and in particular about the verse 14 before I start verse 14 uh, I would like to read once again the previous verse that we discussed two weeks ago in our last session A'udhu Billahi Minashaytan Rajeem وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقُمَانُ لِبْنِهِ وَهُوَيَّعِدُهُ يَا بُنَيَّ لَا تُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّ الشِّرْكَ لَظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked the Prophet and then through the Prophet all of us to remember the time reflect on the time in which Luqman told his son while he was giving him advice and preaching Ya Bunayya my dear son La Tushrik Billah do not associate anyone with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Inna shirk la dhulmun azim truly shirk Politism, to associate someone to God is a great injustice we talked about this verse and the reason I read it again is to see how this is connected to the next verse so we have been talking about Luqman initially Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about the fact that Luqman was given wisdom and this wisdom was connected to being thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ and then Luqman's advice to his son now we move to this verse وَبَسَّيْنَ الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ in the first place it may look that this is a new discussion completely new discussion it's no longer related to what Luqman said to his son. 
So it may look that it's a, uh, an absolutely new discussion, which continues in the next verse. If you look at the slide, and then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again talks about Luqman's advice in the verse 16. يَا بُنَيَّ إِنَّهَا إِنْ تَكُ مِثْقَالَ حَبَّةٍ مِنْ But when we reflect, we realize that there is a connection. In the verse 12 and 13, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about Luqman, and that Luqman who was given wisdom, was asked to be thankful. Anishkur lillah, to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Luqman told his son, first, la tushrik billah, and second, يَا بُنَيَّ إِنَّهَا إِنْ تَكُ مِثْقَالَ حَبَّةً مِنْ خَرْدَلٍ فَتَكُنْ فِي صَخْرَةٍ أَوْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ أَوْ فِي الْعَارْضِ يَأْتِ بِهَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَطِيفٌ خَبِيرٌ Which is the verse 16. Inshallah we'll talk about it. Between the verse 13 and 16, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Man being grateful to his parents. Because right now Allah told about the necessity of being grateful to him. Allah said to Luqman, Anishkur lillah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told about the advice of Luqman as a parent to his son. Look at this beautiful connection here. So on the one hand we have the idea of gratefulness. On the other hand we have the discussion of Luqman with his son. So if you connect gratefulness to the relation of parent and child, then you realize why in the verse 14 and 15, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the relation that every person must have with his parents. And that is to be polite, respectful, kind, and caring for one's parents. And interestingly, in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings our attention to our parents immediately after our attention to himself. He is our creator, so he has great right upon us, 
everything that we have depends on him and then immediately he takes us and draws our attention towards our parents for example Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانُ Your Lord has made this decree that you should not worship anyone other than Him and you have to be benevolent, you have to be benefactor with respect to your parents which is in another place in the Quran so the necessity of gratefulness and the necessity of thinking about our parents are well connected and integrated here in the verse 14 and then 15. Okay, this was to make it clear how we have moved on to this idea of the relation between parents and children. Now let us reflect on the verse 14 itself and if you like you can look at the slide uh, I'm going back to the slide which is the first ayah about the parents and we have enjoined man in respect of his parents in Arabic, walid means parent and walidain means two parents, father and mother. So Allah has asked us to be careful with respect to our parents. But then he focuses in particular on the role of mothers. Although both parents have great rights upon us, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who himself is very grateful, he is shakur, Allah takes into account everything, and inshallah we will talk about it later in the same surah, he mentions that you have to be very much appreciative of the role of your mothers. Man's mother bears him with paintings upon paintings. Wahn means weakness. When a lady is pregnant, she goes through lots of difficulties and pain and this increases week by week sometimes day by day and all this period of pregnancy is difficult it's full of pain so we must not forget all the difficulties that my mother or your mother have gone through. Unfortunately, you know, we 
sometimes forget how we have come to this world. We forget how much we owe to our parents. We think that, you know, we have just been uh, put in this world as an adult. We forget what our parents have gone through before our birth and after our birth. Especially mother. And this does not stop when the child is delivered. وَفِصَالُهُ فِي عَامَيْنَ And even after separation, if after delivery of the child, فِصَال in Arabic comes from fast, which means separation. So it refers to the delivery, the period after delivery. When there is a newborn child, still mother is not free. It's not just because pregnancy is finished, then everything is finished. For two years, which is the standard time for fostering, Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَالْوَالِدَاتُ يُرْضِعْنَ أَوْلَادَهُنَّ حَوْلَيْنَ كَامِلَيْنَ It is recommended that if possible, the mothers give the milk, foster their children for two years, which is 24 months. So, this 24 months, or two years, as it is mentioned in Surah Baqarah 233, makes it 33 months. Of course, in one place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says 30 months, which shows that the minimum pregnancy is 6 months. And this was the verse that Imam Ali alayhi salam cited when there was a dispute in the time of, uh, I think it was the second caliph, and a lady had a child after six months, and she was accused of adultery. So Imam Ali alayhi salam argued from the Quran by putting these two verses together one verse says that وَالْوَالَدَاتُ يُرْضِعْنَ أَوْلَادَهُنَّ حَوْلَيْنَ كَامِلَيْنَ Mothers should give their children their milk should foster them two complete years and the other one which says حَمْلُهُ وَفِصَالُهُ ثَلَاثُونَ شَحْرًا pregnancy and the period after pregnancy that child needs a special carries 30 months, so Imam Ali concluded that this means 6 months is the minimum for pregnancy. In any case, either 30 months or 33 months, if the pregnancy is for 9 months, this is the time of intensive care, if you like to call it like this. 
But even after that, it's not that the difficulties would stop. Even after that, when it's three years old, four years old, five years old, all these years, we need a special care. A human being's child is not like animals. You know, in the case of animals, normally, either at the time of birth or soon after, they become independent. If you look at animals, you see that very soon they become independent. And they can survive even without being there with the parents. But a human child needs parents and this need continues when they are even a teenager or even when they are adult the need for parents continue. And sometimes I you know, say that in our age, even the children, when they are 20, 30, even 40, still need their parents. Because nowadays, you know, we become too dependent. In the past, a teenager was responsible for the whole family and was looking after his mother and father. But now, even after marriage, still children are in need of parents to help them, to support them in different ways. In any case, this is the relation between human being and the parents. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted human communities to take form. And the first step is to have united families. How can we have a family? First, the connection between husband and wife. And this is how Allah has planned. خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَبَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Allah has created us in the way that there is a mutual need. A man and a woman, they need each other and they find their peace and comfort in being together. And Allah has made love and mercy among them. So this keeps them together. Then Allah has given them children. The parents are given Love, great love for the children. And therefore they are ready for all different types of sacrifice for their children. Children also have love for their parents. But not that much. Children have, in addition to love, great need for the parents. And because of need, 
they naturally automatically remain in the family. But because parents don't have that much need for their children, they have great love. So, there is a combination of love and need. When there is less need, greater love is given. When there is greater love, you have parents with respect to your children. When there is greater need, you have children with respect to parents. So, the combination of love and need works to bring everyone together inside the family. And then we go to the extended family and to the society. So, this is the basis of community. The love that parents have for children, naturally, and the love that children must gain for their parents by thinking about what they have done for them. If children are not careful, they may forget. Of course, they love their parents, especially when they are very young, but they may forget or they may not give it that much weight as it deserves. So, children have to learn how to love their parents and must be reminded of necessity of being thankful to their parents. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We have given this advice, wasiyya, this advice to man with respect to his parents. His mother has carried him with lots of difficulties, weakness after weakness. And even after delivery, for two years, the mother was under great, great pressure. Of course, as I said, it doesn't stop there, but that was the talk of intense care and pain. Okay, so what is the advice that Allah has given to us with respect to our parents, especially with respect to our mother? Be grateful to me and to your parents. How Allah is mentioning parents right after him is amazing. Be thankful to me and to your parents. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that to me is the eventual coming. It means that I am giving you advice, but this is not just a piece of advice that you may or may not, you know, take into account. No, this is something for which you would be questioned. You have to be accountable. At the end, you all come back to me. And then I will ask you how grateful you were with respect to me and your parents.
So this is something to think about it. That there will be a time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would ask us, what have you done for your parents? What have you done to show that you are grateful to them? Of course, we can never really render their services, you know, back to them. We cannot repay what they have done for us. It's impossible. Because we have everything from them. Even if I give them some help, it's all because of them. But at least to be respectful, at least to be kind, at least to be available when they need us, to visit them because they miss their children. It's not just a matter of that we visit them when they are ill or we help them when they are poor. No. Just the fact that you are available, you visit them, you show respect, you show love, you show, you should, uh, you show care, these are needed. So we have to prepare our answer for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we meet him on the day of judgment about what we have done for our parents. And those who have lost their parents, still they have to think about the parents, still they have to be grateful to the parents. They have to mention them with glory, with respect, they have to do good things on their behalf. This is important. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the parents may sometimes ask you to do something wrong. For example, Allah says in chapter Luqman, verse 15, وَإِن جَاهَدَاكَ عَلَىٰ أَن تُشْرِكَ بِمَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٍ If your parents are not believers, like the time of early Islam, when Muslims converted, you know, the people converted to Islam, so the parents did not necessarily convert to Islam at the same time. Sometimes they converted later, sometimes they didn't convert, sometimes they died before conversion. So there were many different cases. So it was very common to have Muslims whose parents were pagans, polytheists. Allah says, even if your mother or father is not a believer. You have to be kind with them. But do not follow them with respect to kufr, with respect to disbelief, with respect to polytheism. You have to be rational and logical. If they ask you to do something wrong, Something that you know it is not appropriate, do not obey them. But still be kind and respectful. It means that 
If they ask you something which is okay, you must listen. You must obey them. And as we know in Islamic law, you have to obey your parents. Even if you are yourself a father or mother, you have children or even grandchildren, you have a state to listen to your parents. Even if you are an ayatollah and your father is your muqallad, is your follower, with respect to normal commands, you have to listen to your father. Of course, your father cannot give you fatwa because he's your follower. But for example, if he says, you know, you must come and visit me, as an ayatollah, you have to go and visit him. It's your obligation. So, we have to listen to our parents, we have to obey our parents, but if they ask us to do something wrong, like shirk, which we said is just we listen to Luqman, who told his son that shirk is a great injustice. So if our parents take us to this radical case, that they ask us not to be a muvahhid, not to be a monotheist, what should we do? Should we fight them? Should we swear at them, na'udhu billah? No. فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا Do not obey them, but keep company with them in this world kindly. Do not boycott them. Do not stop meeting them. صَاحِبْهُمَا Be with them. Be in their company. But not as an angry person who says, okay, I have to live with you, I have to still see you, but I don't love you. No, no. Sahibhuma fi dunya ma'rufa. Live with them in a very nice way, in a very respectful way, in a very kind way. And this is amazing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, even if they ask you to worship someone next to me, still you have to live with them with kindness. Don't listen to them and follow them and become a mushrik, but still have good manner. This shows the extent to which we have to love our parents and be kind to them. Okay, let's stop here because you may have questions. And inshallah we continue this discussion about the verse 15 in the next inshallah session. Before I uh, start uh, answering to your question, we had a request from one of our sisters about a prayer for asking hikmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I looked for some prayer and 
As far as I looked, I didn't find any prayer which is whole. Uh, the whole prayer is dedicated to asking for wisdom. Uh, but I had two pieces of prayer in my mind that uh, are related to asking hikmah, among other things. And I checked again, and still we have only these two in my mind. Of course, uh, maybe there is something that you know I have uh, not found, but. These two are the two things that you yourself may also know. You know, one is this beautiful du'a that we have, du'a of Imam Zaman, Allahumma rzuqna ta'ah. This du'a, which is very nice du'a, and many beautiful ideas are mentioned, we have in this du'a, اللهم ارزقنا توفيق الطاعة وبعد المعصية وصدق النية وعرفان الحرمة وأكرمنا بالهدى والاستقامة Then we say وصدد السنتنا بالصواب والحكمة We request Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our tongues firm strong with two things with the truth and wisdom it's amazing we need to have a tongue which speaks the truth wisely we need to tell the truth but also we have to be wise to realize how and when and where and to what extent tell the truth. Sometimes you should not tell the truth. For example, if you know something bad about your brother or sister in faith, you don't need to tell it, you have to hide it. To tell the truth is not always necessary or even good. Sometimes you have to hide it. You don't tell lies, but you don't need to tell the truth all the time. Or for example, if someone's child has just been killed in an accident, you know the truth. But can you go and quickly tell this to the mother? No. Maybe you hide it for some time, you gradually prepare it, the, that lady, for example, so you tell the truth, but not immediately. Sometimes we tell the truth gradually, sometimes we keep truth hidden, because it's secret of people, some people who have done something wrong, they have some weak points. We cannot just say the truth. And also how to say it. We know many things, for example, about Islam. But to say it in a wise way, or if you want to talk to your children about your religion, if you want to make them uh, interested in Islam, you have to have wisdom. وَصَدِّدْ أَلْسَنَتَنَا بِالصَّوَابِ وَالْحِكْمَةِ So, this is 
one beautiful dua about asking hikmah which relates to tongue there is another dua which you can easily find in Mafatih Al-Janan or other books which is the dua recommended to be recited after Ziyara of Ali Yasin you know Salamun ala Ali Yasin Assalamu alayka ya da'i Allah rabbaniya ayate this ziyara which is recommended by Imam Zaman himself and is uh, very respected by our great scholars has a dua afterwards which is recommended sometimes people don't read their duas but the dua after ziyara is also very important in that dua we have this phrase Allahumma actually this is the beginning of that dua Allahumma inni as'aluka an tusalli ala muhammadin nabiyyi rahmatik wa kalimatin nurik it starts with this O oh Allah I ask you to send your salutations to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who is the Prophet of mercy and the word of light the Prophet we just had the first anniversary of the Prophet the Prophet was the Prophet of mercy and the word of light and this mercy and light are well connected we don't have time to talk about it if you are interested then uh, you may find some lectures that I had about mercy in Toronto and also in London and how this mercy is connected to light in any case in this dua we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then to fill our heart with the light our tongue with the light our religion with the light our eyes with the light but the light for everything is different and then we we'll come to this point وَسَمْعِي نُورَ الْحِكْمَةِ Oh Allah, please fill my ears with the light of wisdom. In dua of Imam Zaman, Allahumma rzuqna tawfiqa ta'a, we ask wisdom for our tongue. Here we ask wisdom for our ear. So if you want to be a wise person, you have to be wise in your speech and wise in your hearing this gives light to your hearing how to be wise in hearing you have to know what to listen and how much to listen and how to evaluate and assess what you hear and how to act upon what you hear should you automatically accept whatever you hear should you automatically reject what you hear should you forget the good things that you hear no you need wisdom so these are two du'as that um, at the moment I have in mind and 
if gradually I come to know about other du'as, inshallah, I will let you know. So, now let's move to your questions. The first question, how will ma'rifat of naps help us to recognize our Imam Zaman? Ma'rifatun nafs is considered in our hadith as the most beneficial knowledge. Ma'rifatun nafs anfa'ul ma'arif. And if you like, you can refer to the book Self-Knowledge. We talked about hadith and verses of the Quran about ma'rifatun nafs. Ma'rifatun nafs is connected to knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Okay. If I know myself, then I will come to an understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and my need for his guidance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created me and I am in need of his guidance. And then I will realize that this guidance comes to me through revelation and by having role models. And these role models are to be there in every age. It's not enough to have a role model who existed centuries ago. Still, I can benefit from that role model. Like Ibrahim is a role model for all ages. The Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is a role model for all ages. But we need in addition to them a role model who comes and leads me in this age so we need a leader of the age who is a role model so not just a leader a perfect man an exemplar of iman in my age And this is why all Muslims have quoted this hadith from the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Man mata wa lam ya'rif imam al-zamanahi mata meetat al-jahiliyya. This is such a fundamental piece of knowledge that if someone dies without knowing imam of his age, without knowing the role model who is actually leader of that age, he has died like the one who died in the age of ignorance before the advent of Islam. So there are different ways of connection between Ma'rifatul Nafs and Imam Zaman. I just mentioned one. Uh, there is a comment. Salaamu Alaikum. Thank you so much for teaching us this surah and tafsir. You are most welcome. A question to Mawlana. Can you explain? Namaz of Wataira, how to pray this namaz and the dia plus the way to recite it. Is it while standing and sitting? Rules, please, can you explain? Okay. 
we have salatul ghitr which is one rak'ah at the end of salatul layl and we have salatul wutaira which is two rak'ah sitting after salatul isha after salatul isha you say two rak'ah while you are sitting and you know every two rak'ah of nafila when it is sitting is like one rak'ah standing in any case i don't want to go into details so you uh, finish your salatul isha and then after that you say two rak'ah everything is like salatul fajr just you remain seated you go for ruku you go for sajda everything and just remain seated of course you know in nawafil uh, even if you don't recite surah it's fine so you recite suratul hamd and you can go to ruku but uh, if you say surah there is more sawab and reward for that question 3 yes please which surah and ayah uh, uh, okay uh, this person this brother or sister has uh, missed the surah from uh, the ayah from surah baqara about uh, the idea of uh, parents being uh, sorry mother being uh, fostering for two years that is surah baqara number 233 this is surah baqara number 233 the other question is does it mean that man is now less capable that we have to support our children after marriage whereas before they would support when they were teenagers you know the nature of modern life is very much different from the traditional way in the past the life was not that complicated so a teenager was able to look after his parents for example if they had a farm then when a boy was for example 15 16 17 or a girl was 15 16 14 13 even they were very much active in family the boy was helping his father outside house with farming or whatever the girl was helping his her mother at home and everything was really like a community making all the efforts together and when a father had for example few children or a mother had few girls they were really you know helped by the children nowadays the situation is different 
everything is now somehow geared towards a complicated way of life. For example, a child needs to study and as long as they study they may think that they have no responsibility even sometimes they don't even you know look after their own private things even they don't wash their you know for example dress they want everything to be ready for them why because I'm a student I have to go to university even they sometimes expect the parents to make breakfast for them ready everything ready for them because I am a student then they want to get married okay parents please give me money I have to get married then they have child please look after my child because my wife is also working so you have to look after my children I want to buy a house or a car you know so please give me some money or at least you know help me to, with mortgage so you see the life is becoming um, somehow difficult we have to accept because nowadays to get married is not as easy as in the past also sometimes the children demand too much and it's very complicated issue I don't want to blame the children you know some children are very nice very respectful very grateful they don't want this burden on the parents they are always you know available to help uh, I don't want to generalize but I think you appreciate uh, what I'm saying that there is such a tendency that day by day the children demand more and more from the parents or even if they don't demand it's, be, it's becoming a norm in society and as a father or mother for example you feel that you have to do all these things otherwise you are not a good father or good mother and it was not like this in the past what I think has to be the case is that on the one hand the parents of course out of love and mercy they would love to do everything for their children but the children also must realize that this must not become a burden on them or this must not be done because it's their obligation they have to try to reduce the amount of pressure that they put on the parents and also to appreciate what they do and inshallah if you are kind with your parents and respectful with your parents your children inshallah would become inshallah like that with respect to you the other question is and I think this is our last question because the time is finished um, Assalamu alaikum. Luqman had a very high status. Was he an ordinary man or was he in a way related to any prophets? Yes. Uh, as we said in the previous uh, uh, session, according to our hadith, he was not a prophet. He was related to uh, one of the prophets, 
But he was not a prophet, but he was given wisdom. And this wisdom is very important because uh, wisdom is a quality that is shared by the prophets and the people who are very high in position even if they are not prophets. So is it something common between the prophets and the people who are very high among non-prophets? So you don't need to be a prophet and be wise. Luqman was not a prophet but he was very wise. If you don't mind, let me uh, leave the rest of questions for uh, inshallah next week and uh, I just see that uh, um, the next question is about what page of Mafati is the Dua uh, there are different you know editions of Mafati but uh, just look for this Dua Allahumma arzuqna which is very famous Dua for Imam Zaman and also uh, the dua after Ziyarat Ali Yasin. Inshallah, if I don't forget, uh, I will uh, give you, uh, Inshallah, uh, the piece of dua itself, Inshallah, as a, uh, you know, uh, maybe one a slide, Inshallah, we can request Brother Hussein, Inshallah, to put it so that you can have it, you know for the next session or maybe even in between we can put it there uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah help you and inspire you and give you inshallah wisdom may Allah protect for you your parents if they are alive and may Allah inshallah make your relation with your parents the best of relations and if they have passed away may Allah forgive them may Allah elevate their status may Allah make them happy with you inshallah and may Allah, inshallah, protect your children from everything which is bad and dislike. May your children become, inshallah, light of your eyes and, inshallah, become something that you can be proud of them in this world and the hereafter. Wa da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alameen.